you know, food is like color for me and then I'm painting with it, you know, and I'm telling a story and, but I want this to be meaningful and, and powerful, but also good. I truly believe when you start to share your own creativity with others, it also, I think, awake within the other their own creativity. Hey there, I'm Katina, one of the co-founders of Daydreamers, and you're listening to the Unproductive Podcast a weekly chat where we pick the brains of creatives, entrepreneurs, thinkers, and tinkerers, all of whom have approached life differently. Together, we're redefining how we spend our free time in a world that's hyper-focused on efficiency at the expense of, well, everything else. We'll dig into the habits, mindsets, and experiences of some of the most creative minds in our world today, so we can all spend a little less time scrolling and a little more time dreaming. Let's get started. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Unproductive Podcast. Wow, this is our last podcast episode for the season. Well, actually, our last interview for the season. Yeah. It's so crazy. We started the Unproductive Podcast season one in the beginning of quarantine, which was just a couple of months ago. And obviously, we had some of the interviews recorded earlier, but I think that this journey has really been something that we've heard from you all and Doopy and I have experienced as... Um, a shift in all of our perceptions of what it means to be productive, how we spend our free time and how we could leverage that time to really be creative, not just for ourselves, but for our communities as a whole. Yeah. And we brought this podcast to you earlier during um, quarantine because we knew that this would be such relevant messages that we wanted to promote. And hopefully, you know, this is an opportunity that we can all think about our free time differently coming out of hopefully in a new post-COVID world. Yeah. We're still far away from there, <laughs> but we can all wish. Yeah, you never know. And looking ahead, I think, like I mentioned, we're going to have one more episode, which will tune next week. And this will be a reflection of all the guests that we've had, where Katina and I sort of discuss some of the learnings that we learned from all of the interviews. And we'll share some uncut content that you never heard before. And also we'll preview what season two will be about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be really awesome. Doopy and I haven't had our own kind of time to reflect on this. And I think there have been so many similarities, but also really interesting takeaways from all 13 of our guests. Um, and today is no different. We are so excited to be sharing our last interview of the season with Dominique Crenn, who, for those of you who don't know, is a world-renowned chef that has is the first woman to earn three Michelin stars for her restaurant Atelier Crenn in San Francisco, among many other restaurants that she has, um, and has racked up a lot of awards. She was featured on Chef's Table on Netflix, which Doobie and I have watched <laughs> a lot of times, and we won't say the number. It was all for research. Yeah, but we highly recommend watching it to really understand Chef Kren's mindset. Um, but I think in this conversation, you'll see that 
Dominique isn't motivated by recognition or earning awards, although she has many of them, but she truly has created a platform that's centered on creativity and building community and using that all to inspire us to be more conscious about how we spend our time and energy. And most importantly, I think what Dupi and I really connect with Chef Crenon is that she is so focused on making our world a better place and her way of doing so is kind of bringing sustainability to the forefront of all of our understanding and really helping us see that our food is the way to live a happier, healthier, and longer life. And if we all get creative about what that looks like, then we could make positive change in the world. Yeah, this is a great episode. I think Chef Cran, like Katina mentioned, is doing a great job with activism and creating social change for our world. And with that, we wanted to share such an appropriate review <laughs> that we received from username Hey Change. Perfect for this one, right? Yeah. And it's titled What the World Needs. The message and the mission behind this podcast is so spot on. And what we really need in the world today is less productivity and more creativity. And making that transition, I'm sure we will be able to build towards a much more sane, healthy, and sustainable future. I love the dynamic of the host duo as well as the guests they are bringing on. This is definitely a new added favorite to my library. Thanks so much, Hey Change. And even though that this will be the last time we're reading a review for season one, we would love to continue hearing your thoughts yeah. throughout the next few weeks. It really means a ton to us. Yeah. And also, I think it's uh, such an important reminder that when we unlock our own creativity, we not only impact ourselves, but we impact the entire world. So I think even in just sharing those reflections through a review or sharing this podcast with a friend, we're able to make those small changes in our everyday lives. Let's get started. Okay, Chef Kren, we are so grateful to be speaking with you today. And actually, this conversation is closing our first season of the podcast. So it's very special to us. And we're just huge fans of you and your work and ethos. So thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. It's such a, an honor. I'm, I'm so grateful yeah. that I can speak with, with you guys. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. And before we dive into our questions, we also, Doopy and I lived in San Francisco for a couple of years and we just moved oh. back to New York. We lived down okay. the block from Atelier Kren. Yeah, um, we were lucky enough well, to I visit. Get, yeah. Before we <laughs> <came>. <laughs> it was definitely awesome. like our hands down favorite meal in the entire world so and i we love just and i love eating that. so yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you are you guys are you guys in uh, new york new york or new upstate new york yes we are in brooklyn actually right. so we oh tried... brooklyn okay great place yeah <laughs> we needed Amazing. to keep some of that san francisco nature as much as we could <laughs> right yeah right yeah yeah, awesome. So uh, we have a lot to cover today, but we are going to go all the way back to your childhood. We find um, when we ask our guests about their childhood and kind of where their creativity started, um, it really prompts a lot of interesting discussions. So could you paint a picture for us and tell us a little bit what it was like for you growing up as a kid and what you did for fun? 
I was born and raised in France. Um, I was abandoned when I was six months old. Mm. Uh, I was outside of Paris. I was adopted uh, by the age of 12, I would say 18 months mm. when everything was final uh, by two wonderful and incredible people. Mm. from Brittany mm-hmm. that live uh, outside of Paris um, my uh, I, and I'm going to call them my mother and my father because mm-hmm. they are my mother and my father it's easy mm-hmm. to make it to have kids but it's not easy to be mm-hmm. a parent so yes. they were my parents um, so um, my dad um, so both of my mother and father come from Brittany which is uh, from farmers family Mm-hmm. beautiful uh on the on the sea you know the atlantic and mm-hmm. and so i spent i spent a lot of my childhood uh, there during the holiday mm-hmm. my dad was uh, uh, a politician we live outside of paris was mm-hmm. a politician my mom was a financial advisor mm-hmm. and uh, i was surrounded uh with art and mm-hmm. culture, and and um, they allowed me. Uh, at the very, I think I was very curious as a young mm-hmm. child, and uh, my parents really foster. Uh, my brother also uh, was very curious, so they, they really foster that 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 want from mm-hmm. from both of us. Um, and um, you know, I, th- I think it's it's also to put in a contest. You know, it's like two French people that suddenly adopt. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, they adopt my brother first and then mm-hmm. they adopt me, you know, dark mm-hmm. hair, dark, dark skin. <laughs> and they have no idea where I come from. I know they know I was born in France, but, you know, mm-hmm. and then, you know, at that time, you know, it was, you know, it was, it was, you know, they wanted to basically they wanted to give love to uh, to two to children. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably um, uh, give me a sense of of who I am today. For sure, mm-hmm. very powerful. Mm-hmm. But um you know, I think they understood that um, um, they were very open about um, uh, more than maybe you know. They wanted they want they wanted us to be free to ask anything that we wanted mm-hmm. to ask. So, but so you know, so with that, you know, if, you know, my 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 dad was one of the youngest. I think the youngest. Um, um, young men that uh, mm-hmm. went to the resistance in the Second World War. Mm-hmm. So he was very, very good friend with the General de Gaulle, and mm-hmm. so all the story of France. I mean, he knew. I mean, that that was a part of my childhood. Also, mm-hmm. um, art was very big. My dad was also a painter, mm-hmm. and um, and culture. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to. Uh, open to other things that is not uh, conventional things around you, but mm. being able to be open about other culture or about mm-hmm. other religions. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way that I grew up. So I was a very uh, happy, young little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew what I wanted very at a young yeah. age. <laughs> But I was, I was a I was a very good student too. Not my my brother, not really, but I was. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like growing up, um, you know, creativ- creativity was really fostered in your childhood. I think uh, just the 
picture right. you're painting about your father being a politician, but also painting in his free time. You know, this podcast is built on the fact that many people don't do that in today's world, especially in the U.S. that we notice it's very, you know, if I'm a politician, I only focus on that one thing. So growing up, okay. what did you like to do for fun? Like what were the, the activities day to day? Did you get into painting or how did you, you know, come about centering your life around food? Oh, yeah. Well, so food was, you know, obviously food is a part of the French culture, but mm-hmm. my dad, you know, we used to go to amazing restaurants. My mom is an amazing chef. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to Brittany, you know, surrounding around the farm. I didn't want to go. Like my friends were going to south of France or like mm-hmm. during, you know, winter <laughs> skiing and all that. I wanted yeah. to be out at the farm, literally pick up potato at my yeah. uncle's farm. Uh, but growing up is uh, playing soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh I was I was such a tomboy. Soccer, I was uh, soccer. Uh, I play um, I play handball, but you guys who don't have hand, handball in in America, it's oh, kind of a really. play. Yeah. It, it's like it's playing basket like b- basketball, mm-hmm. but it is like a, on the soccer field. It's oh. it's really interesting. Wow. Um, yeah, it's 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 a, yeah, it's pretty intense. And, um, <laughs> Uh, I also uh, did some um, uh, practice uh, judo for 12 years. Mm-hmm. What a lot of people don't know that mm-hmm. I was also uh, a classical uh, dancer. Wow. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, and I didn't um, wanted to follow up with that because I didn't like my teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was, uh, yeah, wow. very strict, and, and I was just being goofy and I wanted to <laughs> dance, and obviously, there was rules that needed to be followed so Mm -hmm. didn't didn't sit well with me um a lot of um uh music art Mm -hmm. a lot of theater Mm -hmm. um and a lot of uh, traveling Mm -hmm. travel uh i was i I would say that i was uh i was popular with my friend yet Mm -hmm. i was kind of a loner because Mm -hmm. i've been curious of everything through my life Mm -hmm. i'm still very curious today so Mm -hmm. because i think curiosity um um i think enhance you even imagination to find new ways Mm -hmm. of doing things i don't look Mm -hmm. at life uh uh, I don't look at life black and white. I look mm-hmm. at life with nuances then that that can be new nuances. We just have to think about it mm-hmm. and we have to find that. Uh, but no, happy, happy childhood. Um, what I was listening, I was listening from, uh, I don't know, Charles Navour, Jacques Brel, mm-hmm. uh, Nina, Nina Simone, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of jazz at home. But I also I was a I love Kiss mm-hmm. I love uh, the, the, uh, the Bee Gees uh, I love ABBA uh, so, and classical amazing. music I play I play music I play flute and piano I, I love everything. But you, ABBA, you did everything. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like your childhood sounds amazing. You got to put a little toe in dancing, painting, and, you know, all of this sports is like such a fulfilling, you know, childhood. And I'm, I could only imagine how much of that has influenced your work today. Yeah. Well, 
I, w- I wanted to say that I think I think what was powerful is you have two human that are parents, mm-hmm. and they understand the, the the child development in a way that is not restricted. Mm-hmm. Even if there is there is uh, there is obviously rules to follow as mm-hmm. a child, of course, but allow them to be able to find their own creativity mm-hmm. on trying whatever attract them. And, and and not put the pressure on the child of you have to do this, you have to do that, instead of like, okay, what is speaking to you, Dom? Yeah. What do you right. want to do? Right. And I think that's that's very um I think that's, this is a very important part of uh, teaching your child. You know, everybody knows between zero and six, mm-hmm. this is where everything happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, so setting up, you know, the stage for me to be successful was for them to setting up the stage to giving me and allow me as as much as creativity uh, that I wanted. And I thought mm-hmm. that, 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 that that's pretty amazing, you know. Yeah, yeah that's so lucky. And also also something that I think a lot of us don't necessarily get to experience. So I think being able to kind of share that is really important for people, you know, who are listening to this Mm -hmm. and also who see what you do to allow their children and even themselves just to explore that curiosity. Right. Totally. Yes. So I guess for me, what that brings up uh, that I heard you say is you also were really good in school. And what we've heard a lot of our guests talk about is almost this juxtaposition of like being in these academic environments and then also being really creative, like following the rules and not following the rules. And I think from what we have kind of researched about you is that you went to school for economics and got a master's. So tell us a little bit about that experience and how you kind of cultivated that curiosity while also you know following this path you know the the, the thing is it's it's pretty interesting so mm-hmm. i have i have a, a photographic memories mm-hmm. like I, yeah. I i can i can um and it's not about me studying like crazy it's mm-hmm. it's about me um uh, really focusing on a, on a short period of time of mm-hmm. things uh, that uh, obviously knew that matter at school, mm-hmm. and that allowed me to literally be be good. It's not like believe me, I was not studying <laughs> eight yeah. hours a day. No way. Totally. Uh, um, but also allowing. I'm jealous, you know, Chef Cran. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, no, it's true. It's a, but I but I was lucky with that, and I mm-hmm. think I was lucky to. Uh, like I was, I was, I was terrible in math, mm-hmm. and and somehow when I when I when I passed my bachelor, mm-hmm. uh, I get an yeah, I used to get like two or three at one point, and mm-hmm. then suddenly I start to realize that I needed to uh, gauge and take risk also sometimes of mm-hmm. things that I think that mm-hmm. I needed to learn, and this is where I focus. And then mm-hmm. when I finally had the final exam, mm-hmm. yeah, I went to uh, 11 or 12 out of 20. So that wow. was like really good. I hated the math. Yeah. I hated mathematics. <laughs> I just don't. Uh, I feel that. <laughs> uh, but but uh, yeah, I think I was very um, I was very lucky, but I was also very curious. So that mm-hmm. helped me to. I think learn in a different way that perhaps other people were learning. But remember, I'm very creative. I'm mm. I'm so ADD, and I needed mm. to uh, 
to really um, um, work with myself and really understanding the focus mm-hmm. on where I wanted to eat, you know. So, you know, I've, <laughs> I've never took medication in my life. Mm-hmm. I never, you know, so uh, I, maybe I got lucky. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I mean, it's really interesting when you're able to focus deeply and then also kind of fulfill those other curiosities. It's kind of crazy where your life takes you. But I guess that leads us to, uh, so what happened? What like, did it lead you? Yeah. you? Now you have this bachelor's degree in economics and then you ultimately got a master's. How did you take the leap or why did you take the leap and pursue, I guess, this curiosity in food or when did that come about? Well, I was, uh, I felt a bit um, uh, limited mm-hmm. in France. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember I, I took this, uh, it was a test and, and it was about um, uh, this, some type of dissertation, like something that you need to write, you know, mm-hmm. like they're asking you and it's a test. And it was about how a uh, r- r- rural area could become mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, a, a, a spot where you could also uh, become uh, more economically um, mm. Uh, mm. successful. And I remember I wrote mm. about, it was like about six, seven page mm-hmm. of, it just things were pouring out of my head. Mm. And I got an amazing uh, grade on this. And my mm-hmm. teacher was like, wow, this is amazing. It's like, yeah. you think about everything, you know, and, and I'm like, Okay, can I go out there and just do this? And it's like, yeah. well done, you know, you're young, you're too young, you know, you got to yeah. pay, you do, you know, very bureaucratic yeah. way of thinking in France. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, this is this is not, you know, what mm-hmm. I wanted to do. So I, I obviously I was very much in love with California mm-hmm. watching uh you're going to laugh. I was watching Stucky and Urch, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, that TV show. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, um, you know, all those stories and mm-hmm. I like Los Angeles, California, whatever, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, right. and then it's like, okay, I can do anything I want there. So I came mm-hmm. there and then I also love food and I'm like, okay, maybe I should think about food. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I understood very, at a very young age, you know, food is language. It's mm-hmm. also a platform mm-hmm. that you can use. Even I, I, I always felt food was an art form. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people were not thinking this way, but mm-hmm. I was. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. And so this is where everything started. So, If you couldn't tell, Dominique never let the rules hold her back. She continued instead to let her curiosity lead her, all the way to San Francisco, California. As you'll soon hear, Dominique landed in this new city without any formal culinary training, but somehow convinced one of the best chefs in the city, and maybe even the world, to let her work with him. Launching her own career as the first woman to earn three Michelin stars for her restaurant Atelier Crenn, among many, many other awards. And in Dupi and I's opinion, Chef Kren has become one of the most creative people in the restaurant industry today. But to Dominique, the awards or recognitions or even resumes don't mean anything if the human behind them isn't connected to their values. Let's hear how Dominique still lets her curiosity lead and continues to bend the rules for good. 
really uh, wanted to make sure that I was trained properly. So mm -hmm. I look after uh, who really speak to me as, mm -hmm. as chef. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to get go back. I didn't want to work with someone that is typically French and brigade. Mm -hmm. It didn't right. interest me. I mm -hmm. wanted to work with someone that was creative and mm -hmm. was out of sight of the box. And Jeremiah Tower was one mm -hmm. of the, one one of them. He you know he was one of the one that probably make what uh, Alice Water Chepanis mm -hmm. is today. Mm -hmm. was one of the first chefs with Alice Water. Mm -hmm. But also his story is amazing. I mean, he was an architect. Wow. Never yeah. went to cooking school. Yeah. And, so cool. and it was so cool. And so I started with him and, I re and he taught me so much. And this is mm -hmm. where that really uh, sparked my... Uh, my curiosity but also my my love for food <laughs> and the food business but i knew that i will use it uh in a way that will be uh ins inspiring mm -hmm. and also a place where i can change things that needs to be changed yeah. and also yeah so that's where i started and you know food is like it's like, you know, those vegetables, you know, it's mm -hmm. like color for me. And then mm -hmm. I'm painting with it, you know, and I'm telling mm -hmm. a story. And But I want this to be meaningful and, and powerful, but mm -hmm. also good, you know. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. I think it's really interesting because the way you're describing it, um, you're that like, readiness to just get out in the world is something that I think a lot of people have when they're young, but it starts to fade that confidence and yeah. ability to go out mm -hmm. there. So uh, right. how, where do you cultivate that? Like, how did you just all of a sudden be like, all right, I'm moving to the U S I'm going to ask this person and I'm going <laughs> to learn from them. And I am going to go into this field that I've been passionate about, but don't necessarily have any training in. Well, I think it's, it's about, you know, the curiosity has been there. So mm -hmm. it's not, it is really fine uh, within yourself, this confidence that you yeah. can go out there and not afraid to ask, mm -hmm. not afraid to, but really find yourself, you know, what makes you tick, what makes you happy, what do you want to learn? And then when you have those answers with yourself, then you mm -hmm. go to the community that will teach you that, you know, mm -hmm. you know, San Francisco is, is an incredible city. Yeah. And, and at the time when I moved here, so it was just so many different area and a lot of things what's, were happening in San Francisco mm -hmm. from equality, from innovation, from, so it, it's, you, uh, you, you know, what was important to me was not to just stick with food is also, kind of keep my eyes open yeah. and right. learn other things around me so I can develop myself within it, you know. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I think, you know, I think we have to, um, I, I think it's, it, we have to cultivate that also in, in the schooling system, you know, mm -hmm. and, 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 and give that space to youngsters mm -hmm. to be able to also develop that part of themselves instead of like being just, you know, you get to learn this, you get to, you know, there's right. other things, you know, you, creativity is such an important part of, 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 of human development, you mm -hmm. know, but sometimes it, it gets crushed down, you know, yeah. and then yes. you be, you, you know, and then you become a robot, you know, and mm -hmm. you don't think for yourself, you know, but 
that's another yeah that's another no. discussion you know no You're no speaking our language exactly i was gonna say <laughs> yeah. like something we say at daydreamers is you know create humans not robots and we often hear that from our podcast guests as well and similar to your childhood you know sometimes you're told in your childhood that you shouldn't do something and you should focus on something that you're good like, at and go all the way and in the u.s i think it's also and maybe around the world it's told how to go from point a to point f and not take all the squiggly lines in between because creativity is disruptive but that right. disruptivity is exactly what leads to like innovation and discovery but in the schooling system there's not a lot of space for that now so it's yeah fortunate that you it was cultivated so well in your in your childhood and you know we see that in your in your life now as well and then bringing that all back, you you came in as an outsider to, towards this industry and you decided to go be mentored potentially by the chef that was also an outsider, like you said, an architect. So right. I think it really showcases that the barriers should be limited as much as possible so people can go after their curiosity. So I love what you said. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's important also because when you do this, it also gives you a better sense of humanity mm-hmm. and, and how to look at the world in a more, in, in a more uh, uh, equal way and, 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 and understanding others that perhaps are not in your community sometimes, you know? And I think mm-hmm. that's very important. And I think what's happening now with everything mm-hmm. that's happening in the world, you know, we need that part of humanity with any CEO or mm-hmm. anything, you know, needs to happen. Totally. You know, I, I mean, I talk to some of those, you know, innovator or, or tech people. Mm-hmm. Right. They have no sense of humanity. <laughs> they have yeah. no Very sense true. of social interaction. Yeah. And this is so crucial nowadays because of the world and the world is the way it is. And we need that skill. It's much more important. That skill is so much more important now. Mm-hmm. And, and but I, I thought that was one of the mo- it's one of the most important skills since the beginning of time to just, you know, then just like, oh, I know how to cook. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you know how to cook. I can't teach you that. Mm-hmm. But I can't teach you how to be a good human and right. to have humanity mm-hmm. in your heart. So I think totally. this is something that needs to be, you know. Uh, a foster in the school system. I, I believe that. And even at, even at home, you know, yeah. parents need to understand that too. Totally. We couldn't agree with you more. And I think, you know, something that really stuck out to me personally when we were preparing for this conversation was that um, something that often comes up in your bio is that you are a really great leader. You kind of cultivate this workplace where you're not yelling and you talk to your guests and things of that nature. But ultimately, that just comes down to being a human, right? Which should be, you know, everyone should exist in that way. But I guess when you kind of entered this restaurant world and started to open your own space, what were some of the values that you wanted to bring to that first restaurant or kind of put out into the world? Well, I, I think, you know, the idea of Atulikren was also, you know, definitely the, the an homage to my dad, but mm-hmm. it's also it's a workshop. It's also to bring uh, people that are creative mm-hmm. and to give them a voice that they wouldn't have in mm-hmm. a restaurant, in a regular restaurant, you know. So mm-hmm. voices are very important. I don't, I did, I, I wanted them to know that 
I knew their each of them name and I was I value their ideas mm-hmm. and 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 the way they're thinking doesn't mm-hmm. mean that what they say is always uh, good for what we're doing but mm-hmm. I want them to be able to be able to have a voice and mm-hmm. I think that was very important so it was a little bit different and yes people have you know I don't I don't believe in 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 obviously there is title and all that I don't mm-hmm. really cares about title and mm-hmm. But I care about who, you know, if someone wanted to be, want to be here and mm-hmm. want to create this community, you know, in this restaurant and create, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, this beautiful atmosphere. But the number one thing was about giving each other a voice, but each other mm-hmm. needed to respect the others also mm-hmm. and understand that and maybe come out of your comfort zone. And perhaps in the past you work in kitchen where mm-hmm. you get beat up mm-hmm. and you and and it's hard, you know, it, it can yeah. damage you a lot. And suddenly you see someone that's loving you and mm-hmm. giving you a like. So, you know, it's not it's not easy to yeah. go from point for that <laughs> space to the other space. But that was very important to me. So mm-hmm. for me, it was like everybody is welcome here. I mm-hmm. do not. First of all, I, I do not look at resume. Mm-hmm. I hate resume. Right. Resume is yeah, it's one thing. I just like throw out the resume, mm-hmm. sit down with them, look at them in the eyes, mm-hmm. and not not talk about food. It's like tell yeah. me who you are. What's yeah. what 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 who are you? What you what is your value? And that's more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And then 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 we do the work. You know, we we do the work together. I'm still learning today. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. but be you leader. Be the leader that you want to be. Mm-hmm. I might be the leader of my team, but each of my team member is a leader also. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. It's no wonder Dominique has paved the way for creative change in the restaurant industry. Everything she does is intentional. From the way she's built a team, down to the caviar she sources for the 18-course meal at her world-renowned restaurant, Atelier Crun. It's from the first female caviar farmer in the U.S., by the way. But taking creative risks are much easier said than done. So how exactly does Chef Kren translate her values and creativity into her work? We'll hear her exact process after the break. As always, the Unproductive Podcast is brought to you by Daydreamers. At Daydreamers, we know that creativity is in our human DNA, but we don't always have access to it. So we're making it easier to get in the creative flow and cool to have hobbies again. But the Unproductive Podcast is just one way to connect with us. As our first season wraps up, be sure to join the DD crew in other ways. We have a ton of tricks up our sleeves, from new product launches to texting with DDHQ. So look out for our latest announcements on Instagram at Space or on our brand new website at daydreamerspace.com. Let's get it. Atelier Kren, Dominique's first restaurant and the one that gave her the title of the first woman in the U.S. to earn three Michelin stars, is truly an out-of-this-world experience. The 18-course meal has been called a piece of performance art that makes foodies swear that they've died and gone to culinary heaven. That's a direct quote. 
And although Doopy and I aren't food critics ourselves, we can definitely vouch for this experience. Even though the restaurant in itself is a creative indulgence, it's on an unassuming, quiet corner in Cow Hollow, San Francisco, that has an uncanny way of making you feel invited and connected from the moment that you walk in. And every single aspect, from the knife selection to the poetry that accompanies every single dish, is thoughtfully crafted to transport you to another time, another place, or even a distant memory. Let's hear how Chef Kren conceived of each aspect of this experience and brought her so-called passion project to life. Once again, is to look mm-hmm. at things uh, not being singular. You know, I'm not going to look at the restaurant mm-hmm. and then do food and do a menu. I want mm-hmm. I want to understand mm-hmm. also the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. You know, so is is food. You know, for me, food is poetry. So it needs to have a story within mm-hmm. itself, mm-hmm. and that poetry helped me to really express uh, what we wanted to express on the plate and mm-hmm. give this, this space and to embrace what we're putting on the plate. So it's mm-hmm. it goes much further and it makes you think also about, you know, the environment where that food comes from mm-hmm. and what does it mean, you know. And at the end of the day, it's really the planet that we're living on mm-hmm. and it's to celebrate you know that beauty and to make sure that we take care of it you know mm-hmm. so it, it it just kind of tell the story about these things that is in front of us that as human we're taking you know we're taking something mm-hmm. and so to be able to celebrate that we want to give back to it so mm-hmm. poetry is also a sense of like giving back and 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 celebrating that what we've been doing so and i think we we have communing you know we're communing with nature every day and mm-hmm. nature is communing with us but sometimes we forget about that yeah. and we just take and just take and just mm-hmm. take and just take and you know, and, and it's probably what's happening today also, you mm-hmm. know, right. um, you know, we have to understand that as human, mm-hmm. we are guests on this planet. We are mm-hmm. not, this is not a space. We are mm-hmm. guests as much as the plant, the animal, the ocean, you know, we need to take care of that, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, what's happening today is just a human, you know, this, this is because of us, the way we we didn't treat things properly, you know, so that we need to realize that. So, Mm -hmm. but what you do is taking all of these experiences that are on a human level that exist for everyone and then putting them on a piece of plate. So I'm very curious, like, how do you do that? You know, take us inside your mind or like what goes through here's an experience that I want someone to feel and the way I want to communicate it is through this plate of food or it might be a glass of champagne or something like that is doesn't come across for the most normal people Katina will eat a a bowl of (laughs) bulgur and hummus every day you know so Uh, that's good Um, I, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's definitely connected with experiences and memories mm-hmm. and, and, and try to recreate this sense of time and place through mm-hmm. the food. Um, I mean, 
you know, a lot of my dishes are definitely, you know, a lot of memories from Brittany and, you know, San Francisco is very similar, but like, Mm -hmm. I just want, it's not just about eating the food, it's about, you know, the sea and and, and the feeling of it and the the sensation. Mm -hmm. I also create, you know, dishes, I I can go through, you know, uh, walk through a museum for like Mm -hmm. hours and 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 create like feeling something about it and mm-hmm. then suddenly things you know came to my head you know we were you know Jean-Christophe and I we were in Paris Jean-Christophe mm-hmm. is my R&D director mm-hmm. in in January January this year mm-hmm. that was the last time I traveled <laughs> uh, oh we know yeah and, and I remember we were, we were in the six in the six hour this morning we were walking mm-hmm. the street and and suddenly I was like Okay, so let's let's think about. We are in California. It's like mm-hmm. I want to because I've been really interested about the the, the Californian history, mm-hmm. uh, also the, the 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 beauty of this land, uh, the history of it with the mm-hmm. Native American mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and Native Indian. I'm sorry, um, mm-hmm. and which is literally their land mm-hmm. uh, yes. <laughs> that we <laughs> using. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, what is, what is this sense of like, when I come here, it's like when I go to the, the beach and all, what is, what is California? Mm-hmm. And the first thing that came to me, I don't know if you know, but at California, there is a lot of alliums, mm-hmm. uh, a lot yeah. of onions, you know, yeah. radish flowers, you know, all yeah. of that. Yeah. Allium yeah. is everywhere. I didn't know that. And you know, the, yeah. Garlic, you know, like mm-hmm. all that thing. Yeah. Not the regular, but like this, yeah. the allium, literally alliums. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I was so, you know, that's, and I wanted to, and grain was also mm-hmm. very predominant. So I, we created, you know, like, like, so we are talking, okay, let's create a dish that, that is called California. So that's why we mm-hmm. were creating. So just, just to celebrate, you know, uh, where we, we are a few, I think it was two years ago, mm-hmm. we, uh, we created this, this, um, uh, a kind of a segment of of few few desert that represented honey, mm. but that was very political because mm. because the story of the bees and the right, the right. polarization of the yes. bee and the need and all that. So there is there is some dishes sometimes could be political, mm-hmm. and uh, so everything inspired me. What doesn't inspire me is the farmer market. Mm. Is, it, is it weird? <laughs> I it swear to God, it doesn't. That's, that's, so, in, that's so interesting. I feel like for me, California's farmer's market was so inspiring because yeah. the food in San Francisco, I used to bring all our guests there. I was like, this is what real food tastes like, yeah, you know? This is straight from the farm, <laughs> not like what you get in the grocery. I was like, taste this plum. It tastes delicious. That was actually you know? our like, weekend outing every yeah. weekend. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I, I have to tell you why because we have a farm in Sonoma and we we mm-hmm. we grow uh, everything. Yes. Oh my gosh! So by, yes. So that's no comparison. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, the farmer market is amazing. I want everybody to go to the farmer market yes. and to buy their food instead <laughs> yes. of going to a grocery a grocery store that is a commercial, you know. Yeah. But like, I I don't get inspired. Like, mm. what I want to say is, I love all the farmers and I have such a great admiration. Yeah. But I can't create a dish out of the farmer market, mm. which is crazy. Yeah. I create dishes with, you know, I can look at color, I can read, I can yeah. look at a play, I can have a conversation with someone that I don't mm-hmm. know that can initiate something creative within mm-hmm. me because I want to find new way 
of of expressing myself in a way that has never been done. Mm. So that's where that comes from, basically. I love that. I think something we've heard consistently through all of our conversations is this idea that creativity is your view of the world and Mm -hmm. how that comes out of you is so different. Like for you, it's on a dish and for some people it's clothes. And, you know, it's just really cool to see how that translates. Um, But something that's really landing for me is and I'm just reflecting on GPNI's meal <laughs> last year at Atelier Cran. And what came up was um, when we were presented with different knives that we could choose, and it was from a uh-huh. like, very small um, company that created just knives. And it was so impactful to me. With I'm really. With seashells, if I recall, right? Yeah. It and, was... then, and then it was a, a part of my dad art in it. Mm. Yes. And yes, yes, yeah. yes. I remember. <laughs> or just TV and I but are see, looking at each This other is like, the yes. amazing part of food to me is the memories it could trigger yeah. to you. And that was, you know, walking away from that meal that evening was one of the best meals for us because it triggered so many different memories right. that Katina and I had independently, but also yeah. had together. Right. But, but, you know, but, but also what I understood, you know, mm-hmm. what I understand also. So if, if I present you with uh, uh, something that speak to me and is my memory and my mm-hmm. experiences, I'm sharing, you know, myself with you. Mm-hmm. And what happened often when, you know, it needs to be transparent and authentic. And what happened is it will trigger something in you mm-hmm. that maybe doesn't have anything to do with me, mm-hmm. but something that perhaps trigger you. And that's something that, that if I do that, I know that we're doing something right. Yes. Because, you know, I remember I, um, like a few years ago, I was serving these dishes. This mm-hmm. dish was called grain and seed. You might add it, but like it was mm-hmm. a different version. Mm-hmm. And this this woman was, I think, on one of, the, I think, table two. And mm-hmm. and then she, the, the server was like, this woman want to talk to you. I went to the table and she was like literally crying. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Are you, <laughs> I mean, are you okay? And she's like... She, no, she says, she say, I'm Russian mm-hmm. and what I just ate, mm-hmm. it, it's like I've never had that, but like trigger something wow. within my childhood. And mm-hmm. she started to tell me about her grandmother and I was like, oh wow. my God. That yeah. So, so I, cool. I, you know, I think mm-hmm. I, I, I truly believe when you start to share you creativity, your own creativity with mm-hmm. other, it also... I think awake within the other their own creativity that yes. can be yes. also very rich you know I think it's very rich mm-hmm. and I think that's what I want the world to be we need to mm-hmm. share mm-hmm. to un- to un- engage and 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 to do your things because you know I think you got to go through life and be curious always mm-hmm. be curious and it's so powerful and so rich yes. and I think if we do that and everybody do that the world would be such a better world We've heard about Dominique's journey to becoming one of the most highly respected chefs in the entire world, but she's never lost her ability to stay grounded to her purpose, which is to help humans be more conscious of our choices, especially as they relate to our own health and the health of our planet. Dominique's entire being centers around creativity, connection, and consciousness, and most importantly, 
letting her curiosity lead all of her life choices. But not all of her life has been full of choice. Right now, she's navigating running three restaurants during a global health and economic crisis and recently overcame a tough battle with breast cancer. But throughout all the highs and lows and in between moments, Dominique has relied deeply on her positivity, honesty, and vulnerability. And most importantly, allowing her creativity to be a mirror for others. But how exactly does she balance that big personal mission while feeding her own creativity and taking care of the day-to-day of three of the most highly regarded restaurants in the world? Let's hear how she does it. Oh, you have to really get naked and be vulnerable. It's, it's, the vulnerability is one of the most powerful skills in the humankind. Mm-hmm. And because it shows so much of who you are and go inside of yourself. And this right. is the problem, you know. We, we, the society doesn't allow you to be vulnerable. Yeah. They, shame you, they shame you if you are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That's, that's wrong. That needs to change because you have to be vulnerable, you know. You know, you know last year I went through cancer. Like, mm-hmm. I, believe me. My vulnerability was right there in front mm-hmm. of me. You have to go to the rawness of who you are and mm-hmm. show the people really who you are. Otherwise, your creativity can, can't, can't be unleashed if you don't mm-hmm. do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think being vulnerable is so sexy and mm-hmm. so yeah. powerful. <laughs> I love it. No, I think um, we had another guest here and we talked about gender norms regarding vulnerability. And I think men oftentimes are told or children, boys growing up are told to be stoic. Boys don't cry. And I think from day one, you're told do not unleash that vulnerability, which allows them not to unleash their creativity. Mm -hmm. So I think it's truly what you said. You have to be naked and allow mm. that to come yeah i, I mean the, uh, i want to say there's there's mm-hmm. an amazing documentary that came um in uh, 2015 mm-hmm. and she, jennifer newsome is the wife of giving Newsom, mm-hmm. and it's it's called the mask you live in and it's talk exactly mm-hmm. how we 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 definitely we oppress those boys mm-hmm. right. to not you know and and that is damaging I think is is damaging them not making them stronger to be honest with you and that's what I think that's what we are living in right now and I think you know looking at everything we need to rebalance the way uh, that we treating a girl and a boy, they need on the, mm-hmm. need to be on the same level because uh, scientifically we all know that we have the same brain than 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 a boy. I mean, totally. obviously, yes, <laughs> yeah, and and so yes, yeah, so I think yes, you're right, exactly, you're right. Well, so yes, we couldn't agree more, and it's really interesting that you're saying this because I think all of us are going through our own odd struggles during this time and um, I guess for you you've also as you mentioned are now a cancer warrior and have lived through COVID while managing restaurants and you just came out with a book which is kind of this ultimate source of creativity so tell us a little bit about how maybe those experiences have led to this new rebirth of creativity for you. 
I mean, if I didn't happen, something else will happen because I don't want to stay <laughs> home. Uh, so uh, the book, mm-hmm. uh, Penguin, came to my agent about, mm-hmm. I think it was like in 2000, end of 2017. Mm-hmm. And they asked him if I wanted to write m- my story mm-hmm. and, and talk about things. Mm-hmm. And right away, Michael was like, well, it's not a, a cooking book. It's like, well, we don't want her to write a cooking book, a cookbook. Mm-hmm. We want her to. And I was so excited because I, yeah. I always wanted to do it. It's like, okay. So I started to write it. And, mm-hmm. and thank God I had also Emma Brooks mm-hmm. um, that helped me to write it because obviously mm-hmm. my English needed mm-hmm. to be a little bit better. Uh, and I think she's done an amazing job. Uh, and it, it was, it, it's literally a book of reflection, you know, mm-hmm. to reflect on your experience and to find new way of thinking. And that's yeah. what creativity is about. Mm-hmm. And then the oh. cancer happened and I was just mm-hmm. like, whoa. Yeah. And that was not, that was like a, a aggressive mm-hmm. breast cancer, which is the, um, triple negative, which mm-hmm. I think between five and fifteen percent of women have mm-hmm. that type of breast cancer. So wow. there is not a lot of research. Mm-hmm. So what they what they do, they, they put you on the hardest treatment mm-hmm. ever, sixteen, you know, chemo, whatever. It's just oh it was gosh. hard. Wow. And, and it's just like all oh, you're just like looking at yourself every day, and mm-hmm. things are peeling are peeling off, and you're just mm-hmm. like okay. Yeah, and I think what helped me is to be very vocal about my my mm-hmm. journey, mm-hmm. but also uh, I didn't lose uh, the sight of of positivity and creativity, yeah. and I think that's what saved me too. Also, yeah. and then you know that's 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 what happened, and mm-hmm. it's just you know and being vulnerable. Let's talk about mm-hmm. it. this is being vulnerable, and this totally. is very important, you know, and that also allow you to find a new way and a rebirth, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a rebirth in a way that that the way you now live in your life is so different, but yes, still very uh, 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 m- uh, matching the value of, mm-hmm. of your life, the same philosophy, but with maybe higher purpose, you yeah. know, and I think that's, that's been, that's been quite amazing and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One, we're so happy and glad that, you know, you're a cancer survivor and doing incredibly well. But looking at your life as a whole, you know, you've always taken these hard challenges, being in a male-dominated industry, battling cancer, and now coming out, you know, in the restaurant industry has been hit very hard with COVID. Obviously, there's, um, you know, other people that are hurt. But you have taken your platform as an opportunity to engage with the community and to showcase how this could be a new world and how we need to be more conscious about you know environmentalism about the farmers and where we source food can you talk a little bit more about that as to like what's inspiring you to take that challenge and you know how are you taking on that challenge well, I, I start, I mean, I mean, if, 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 if you know me, it's like I've been an activist mm-hmm. for a long time about this. And mm-hmm. I launched in 2018, mm-hmm. uh, this movement called Wake Up Call. Mm-hmm. And I challenged and then invited, uh, all my colleagues to really look at the food system and, mm-hmm. and, and, and to really 
embrace the notion that if you want to own a restaurant or if it's a chef, you need to talk the talk and walk the walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and food is politic, and so you need to be a part of that change. Mm-hmm. And I started that in 2011, and obviously, you know, everybody was excited. It was mm-hmm. some movement, but you know how people are. Yeah. It comes from, you know. <laughs> But I, but that's what I want to question you about. That when you say that's how people are, you decided to continue that fight, right? And... You, you, have, you have to do that. I mean, this is how change happens. Mm-hmm. Change. We all know that change doesn't happen right away. Mm-hmm. You know, like for example, if you look at. Um, Let's say the Black Lives Matter, you know, right. racism has been for a long time, but it's been a lot of amazing people that mm-hmm. have that are literally forged the way to get where we are today. Oh, and this is what we are today is basically now the wave is crashing mm-hmm. and is is like just open up so much. You know, before it was like the wave, the wave was coming in and mm-hmm. suddenly, you know, it was like totally. go back and forth. <laughs> right and i think this is you know and that's anything the 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 same thing with you know human rights and Mm -hmm. and and woman rights and lgpd rights you know there is always people that have forged that way years and years and years and years ago and you know even you know when you read that like the 1920s you know Mm -hmm. i mean the feminisms and all that so now it just happened that enough is enough and mm-hmm. suddenly people come together and it's amazing so yeah. you know i didn't forge the way but i understand that we need to continue mm-hmm. to talk about it even mm-hmm. if it's just one person that listening to you mm-hmm. never give up on something that you believe that is so important mm-hmm. and i never gave up on that climate change and 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 farming and doing the right thing has been always a part of my dna mm-hmm. from my growing up to now and i never wanted to change that mm-hmm. and i wanted to push that but now it's the time we all know what's going to happen mm-hmm. you know it's like this pandemic this pandemic also has showed us that we need to do new ways you know we need mm-hmm. to to right. i i mean i'm going to challenge everywhere and you know anybody that now that if you go to a restaurant mm-hmm. you need to know where you want to go go mm-hmm. it's not just to the chef Mm-hmm. or not to the restaurant Yumone is is spending is has to become an act of activism mm-hmm. they have to have the value that you have totally. you know and 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 and, and, and is is looking at things that maybe are not in front of you but like okay so what is the value of this restaurant where the where the food come from yeah. what is the farm how it's been grown is it good for me it's good for the planet if it's good for the future of my children she good for the you know you, we yeah. have to ask those questions and so what are some of those values for you and all your restaurants i know a few years back atelier cran and uh, petit cran and then other restaurants went meatless you know you've started focusing more on a pescatarian um dishes what are other values that you're promoting you know hopefully when we get out of covid or also that people can start to ask themselves Mm -hmm. right and cultivating that conscious brain right so uh petit crane was open as a pescatarian only i did never advertise that Uh and no one's stuck but i was just it was it was and that was in 2015 Mm -hmm. and i did that really on purpose because i was fighting 
literally uh, the, 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 the factory meat industry. Mm-hmm. We need to treat animals, you know, better. The same thing with, you know, even like being pescatarian, the fish yeah. industry also has some problem. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, we have to be conscious mm-hmm. of the way that we're doing things. So what I will say that after COVID, I think less is more. Mm-hmm. We need to have seasonal menu, whatever you have around, but you also have to start to work with your community. Mm-hmm. All the local all the local farmers and all that, get in touch with them, engage, mm-hmm. make your community work again, because that's how we're going to get out of this, 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 this crisis. We yeah. have to work within a community where we are, and when we get strong, mm-hmm. then interact with other community. And, as, and I, I think that's how we're going to rebuild America and the world. Mm-hmm. You know, then then I believe in world trade, so we're going to have to do that. But yeah. when it comes to food, especially in California, work yes. with the people around you. Yeah, you yeah. know, and 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 you know, it's 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 easy. Do you want to buy a tomato that is not in season, mm-hmm. or maybe you can like, okay, tomato are not in season. Yes, <laughs> and it's in front of me. I was like, "Oh, well, maybe I use, maybe I should use that vegetable. Maybe mm-hmm. I should use that vegetable that is in season. Mm-hmm. And maybe let's be creative. You know, it's being being creative, but conscious and thoughtful. Totally. And I guarantee you, if you if we do that, things gonna be changing mm-hmm. because." It's like then you do rotation, mm-hmm. then you allow the the, yes. the planet to really rotate mm-hmm. and being able to breathe and not being forced to do something over and over again. Yes. That's taking a lot of the energy, but also a lot of beauty. You know, mm-hmm. um, that lands so well with me. You know, I think yeah. you're hitting on so many things about society as a pendulum, and for us, we think that society has become too technologically focused and more about productivity and efficiency. And at right. Daydreamers, we're focusing on bringing that back to sort of the analog era where you think about creativity and the messiness and the squiggly lines. And then, you know, from a food perspective, not. You know, one thing that was really inspiring for me was eating local, like you said, and figuring out, you know, heirloom, the farmers, right? right. <laughs> like heirloom tomatoes would be taste delicious during this season. And I would look forward to that season. And then right, I knew right. that root vegetables were my vi- winter thing. And that's what I my body would crave. But we've gotten so right. used to having all of this everything accessible to us with global right. trade and all what we're talking about. So I right. think, you know people are starting to realize that we need to swing that pendulum back. Well, I, I think it's, it's the, 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 the notion of living in a world of convenience mm-hmm. and everything exactly. is attainable, you know, you, you, don't, you just call and you get it. Well, let's go back to a place where we, uh, we live in a world of, of things that, um, that are in front of us, but you, you, they, they, they are what is in season and mm-hmm. and take the convenience out and if 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 there is something that you want is not it's not available make the effort to maybe start to get things that are available mm-hmm. you know this this notion of convenience it's just driving me crazy and totally. it's unfor- and unfortunately it's not that long ago you know yeah i mean i think the industrialization of food 
uh, in the 50s, I created all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, then then we lose the sense of really who we are and what we need mm-hmm. is, is you know, we have culture and we're killing the culture, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, doing some research about, because I've been writing mm-hmm. on something before the pandemic, uh, mm-hmm. writing on an idea about food desert and mm-hmm. food history and, and food injustice and and it's so funny because I was uh, uh, I, I find I found a lot of information about uh, African American mm-hmm. f- uh, food culture, which mm-hmm. was probably one of the best in America yeah. up to the 1950s right. and the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And what happened? Those big and those big chain like mm-hmm. Mac, whatever the name is, and mm-hmm. In, whatever you know, and Burger, McDonald's whatever you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you don't yeah. even know them because you don't even want to use their names promoting. <laughs> Uh, you know, and 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 the SBA loan was also mm-hmm. part of right. funding those people, yeah. and 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 they 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 came to this idea of like, oh, we're gonna go to those community and we're gonna uh, bring new things, and you can be an entrepreneur. But what they did, they took out the culture of food, mm-hmm. of what food was about, and they brought those this food in those community, and they took out everything. Yeah. So what happened today? It's interesting. It's very connected, yeah. very much connected to the pandemic. The people that were more affected is the African American community mm-hmm. for health reason, and and the Latino uh, community also for mm-hmm. health reason because they were not fed properly. So food is also a part of something that we need to understand. We yeah. need we need good food to be able to develop. And healthy world. Do not give, you know, suddenly you take vegetable out, you know, of the school. Mm-hmm. Don't give them, I don't know, there is a White House, I think, yeah. here, like there's yeah. a president that, <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, if you, I think it was last year where like this, they, 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 they cut down what, whatever the yeah. other administration, why, I mean, kids don't want, do not feed your kid with with fast food 24-7. Yeah. Right. They're not going to be able to think properly. and But also then you realize that the idea of those companies, mm-hmm. food is also a way to suppress yes. people. Mm-hmm. And the way they're thinking, but it goes back to history of what you know King used to do. Mm-hmm. They, they used to take bread. Yes, yeah. there, you, there you go. There you yeah. go. You know, it's so interesting. We, Doopy and I are sitting here nodding our heads intensely as you're talking. And I feel like we could go on with this conversation forever. But it's such a good segue into some of our last questions. Um, And really the purpose of this podcast is to help people go back to that time when we were slowed down, when we were connected to our food and our communities and our own creativity within us and our culture has become so about busyness and convenience as you said so we use the word unproductive um, which is the name of this podcast and we believe that moments of brilliance and creativity come from being unproductive so could you share a little bit about what you do in your free time or those slow moments to stay inspired I love during my free time. I love, you know, I love my uh, my fiance. I love, but mm-hmm. you know, my my so my ex partner and I had two mm-hmm. kids, mm-hmm. and she's she's the primary parents, mm-hmm. and Olivia and and Charlotte. So mm-hmm. I try to spend time right now. They're at the farm, and I try to mm-hmm. spend time with them. Beautiful little kids, six, yeah. six years old. Um, 
pretty amazing. Yeah. And like when you talk about creativity, we yeah. literally let them be free. I mean, mm. uh, I mean, there is rules, but yeah. And that to us is beautiful, you know. Like um, children, like Olivia and Charlotte, are so unrestricted in their childhood, mm-hmm. and at that point in their lives, they're allowed to be so creative and playful. So, I want to ask you, how do you? When do you feel like you were the most creative and playful in your life? And how do you channel that into your life now? Or even this idea of like being a child. Maybe it's with your kids. I like to be, I like to say that I'm trying to be always creative. But I think in moments of, of looking at sometimes despair in the world that mm. allow me to really find a, a, a space within myself where mm-hmm. I can bring positivity into mm-hmm. this world. And that's where I think I'm the most creative mm-hmm. uh, person. I love that. Um, I think it's, it's also things, you know, that also touch you personally that yeah. can also uh, channel um, a lot of things that can come out. And, and I want beauty to come out yeah. of me, you know, yeah. and I want to ins- be inspired and inspire others. So yeah. that's that's what happened. That's so beautifully yeah, put. so beautiful. And something I think we can all try to tap into now while things might seem bleak or dark as they're going on in the world today. We can try to right. find beauty in that. Well, Chef Kren, this was an yeah, amazing, so amazing conversation with you. And we're so grateful to have you on. This was the last episode in our season as well. And we couldn't imagine doing it with anyone else besides you. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so oh, much. Oh, no, you, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And, yeah. and hopefully we talk later, okay? Yes. Au revoir. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to our chat with Dominique Kren. This is our last circle up. I can't believe we've made it here. Um, But we also couldn't have thought of a better interview to end this season with. I definitely agree with that. So Dupi, what was your favorite part of this conversation? I mean, I admire Chef Kren so much personally, so there wasn't one moment in this episode recording that that admiration (laughs) didn't go away but you know overall when I think about Chef Cran I think like of someone who's mastered her craft of food and she does such an exquisite job of putting together these experiences onto a plate that is just magical so if you can ever go experience that please do I highly recommend it but what she does even further is to elevate that experience and think about every single component about the nutritional value Mm -hmm. as to what people are putting in their bodies and why it's important to think about like our food system and then she thinks about the local economies how we can support the farmers and you know make sure the biodiversity of our planet continues to expand and not be you know taken away by just monocrops or focusing on cattle that is like really ruining our the most amount of land that we have so i think that's amazing that she thinks about every facet of your meal whether it from the food it comes to the the way you're going to feel when you walk away and that to mm-hmm. me is a definition of creativity and how it continues to expand and yeah it was amazing to be able to see that yeah i love that i think being able to talk to her and 
kind of pair that with our own personal experience of her work was really amazing. I don't mm -hmm. think we've been able to do that before. So it's kind of hearing her thought process behind everything and then also having experienced it separately ourselves was really cool. Right. Yeah. So what was your favorite part? I think Chef Kren is just such an inspiration to creating a platform and you know a business truly that's centered on values and i think we've experienced this in creating daydreamers and this podcast but sticking to your values is really hard especially when the easier route is to kind of just be accepted by everyone quickly yeah. and i think that chef kren whether it's from her hiring practices that are very mm -hmm. non-traditional to um kind of even the way she's led her own career i think she's always tapped into what's right for her and what is going to have the biggest impact in the world um and that is something that's just a really good reminder for all of us that it's possible um, and as long as you stay tapped into what those values are and keep pushing forward then you can create massive change yeah, I think you're spot on there. Um, even from the fact of moving from France to San Francisco to mm -hmm. start Atelier Kren, she decided that she wanted to convey a message and the best way to do that was to, you know, begin an, a restaurant with a different means, mm -hmm. you know. So I think sticking to your guns in the matter of adversity and knowing that you hold yourself up to that standard is so important mm -hmm. in order to tap into your creativity and continue to expand on it. Yeah, I love that. And as a quick reminder, we're going to have one last short episode between Katina and I airing next week. And this will be a reflection of our reflection of all of the guests we've had on season one. And we'll share a little bit more inside content that we haven't before and an exclusive in terms of what's headed your way with season two. But until then, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. This simply helps more people find the podcast and get inspired to live creative lives and get cool, interesting guests for season two to share their stories with y'all. Until then, keep creating and show us how you're being a leisurist by tagging us on Instagram at Daydreamerspace. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you next week.